This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a Media Week TV podcast. Andrew Mercado, welcome back. Hi there, James. You've just, you're back in the country. You've had a little quick trip away. Yes. Now you've been studiously working on what is probably our favourite podcast of the year, I think, isn't it? Best and worst, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I actually spent a day on holiday sitting around the pool thinking about it because I thought... I know I'm getting straight off a plane. Yes. I could be a bit jet lagged. Who knows what shape I'll be in. So I thought I've got to make notes and get everything down on writing. So I'm on on the ball today. Yeah. And I am. I've never seen you not fired up and I think you're a bit wide on the coffee. Yes. And lack of sleep. So I think this is going to be good. So um, yeah, we're going to have some fun here. So it's always a bit, we don't have a real um, formula, do we? We just sort of... I usually have a lot more than you do, but um, you always pick a few that I've forgotten about, so I'm looking forward to getting them and um, getting some tips for uh, Christmas binging, maybe. Yeah. Well, I thought it was really interesting. I think Graham Blundell had an article in The Australian on the weekend that I saw online, and he talked about the fact that, you know, he was making this list of his favourite shows, but he admitted that there are a whole bunch of other amazing shows that he had not had time to watch. And he talked about someone in the US that said, we're not at peak TV now, we're at glut TV, because <laughs> you can't keep up, and, and, and you shouldn't feel guilty about the fact. And so I, I just want to say, by no means is my list and probably your list comprehensive because there's just too much yeah. great TV now. No, nah, look, you can't you can't even make a big dent in it, can you sometimes? Not even close. Yeah. Yeah, there's and we've talked before, there's so many great se- series that I've, not, I've never seen at all. Yeah. You know, which um maybe I'd I'd like to get to it um one day. Okay, so let's um let's kick it off. You you you, what do we do? You sort of work through your list. Yeah. Well, look, I, I was thinking, what would, what was the TV event, the the new stories of the year, and I mean, I guess for me, I was wondering, would would the biggest story of the year be either CBS snatching ten away from the Murdochs, or yeah. would it be Lisa Wilkinson's shocked affection from Today Show to Channel Ten? I mean, they, they were both. Two huge stories that nobody saw coming, right? Real surprises. Yeah, yeah, I'd go for the CBS. Yeah. I think in uh, history's not going to make too big a deal out of um, Lisa Wilkinson changing channels, I don't think. But um, their CBS is a real big move. For me, the other one is too the the continuing sort of um, uh, move of audiences away from sitting down at a fixed time to watch their programming, you know, on-demand... viewing is is really key now and we're seeing that with the new launch of uh, the seven um catch-up uh right well they say they they don't want to call it catch-up anymore because and they're right i guess it's not really catching up it's true it's the way people view content a lot of them it's the only way they view content yeah is on their own terms yeah. Um, and the way SBS treats it, SBS On Demand, it's almost like a separate channel now, isn't it? They're commissioning for it. They've got premieres there, particularly, you know, The Handmaid's Tale was the big one this year. 
And I think it was you guys who, who've done that interview with the person who's in charge of SBS On Demand. And I found that fascinating because, you know, that's, that's really fire to rocket up the commercial, you know, networks. You know, they were, some of them were very highly critical this year of SBS saying, oh, you know, they're, they're stepping into our areas. But it's like, come on, guys. They were picking up shows that you really weren't interested in to begin with. And now you're pissed off that they're successful with it. So, yeah, I think uh, they've really, uh, re it's really been a very interesting, year and I think it's also interesting now how ratings, overnight ratings now, we're looking a lot more at those consolidated ratings and looking at what that catch up is. I mean let, let's look at the fact that Yummy Mummies which was, you know, on my top three lists of the worst shows of the year and really didn't set the world on fire but online for seven, it did so well for them, they've commissioned a second series based on the amount of people that watched it uh, you know, on their catch-up service, which is in the catch-up service now. So, yeah, that things are really changing. Sure, yeah. Abigail Thomas was the name of that, uh, the general manager at SBS On Demand, and we spoke to her at the end of the SBS Upfront. So, yeah, it was a, I, I found it an intriguing uh, interview, and she's got such a good background, too, in the space and some of the stats and the sort of ways, um, you know, they're reaching their, out to their audience. So I thought it was pretty fascinating. The other one that surprised me was the recommission for Family Food Fight. Yeah. Which... <laughs> You know, wow. Okay, it wasn't a flop, but it certainly no. didn't set the world on fire. It cost nine the year. It was one of the reasons they didn't win the year. And here they go, they've commissioned that too. So it just shows you we just can't judge the success of a TV program with the traditional overnight ratings. That's right. Like like we used to. And, and uh, you know, good luck to them. They, you know, they got consistent TV ratings and clearly that catch-up was important for them. Yeah. But, you know, it's stretching the friendship a bit for them <laughs> to be patting themselves on the back in their official press release and say, we've, we've got this new fresh and original format. It's like, guys, come on. I know, I did go through that pretty <laughs> carefully. And they, were careful. <laughs> they were careful not to make any claims about a hit or, or they, they avoided words like that. And they did yeah. admit they they were confident it could grow. So, yeah. yeah. So maybe that research they do of audiences beyond what we see in the um, the Ostam data gave them some real sort of um, confidence that, yeah. that um, they could grow the show. Okay, let's get on with this list. Um, you kick it off, and when we both. Um, agree on something, we'll chat and then, yeah. and then we'll work through my... Well, we start with Australian stuff first. Sure. Yeah, okay. So, look, I didn't think this was a great year for Australian drama. I really didn't. Um, uh, uh, there were some shows that were pretty bad. There were some shows that were real disappointments. Um, and, you know... I really have to, when I thought about what was my favourite shows of the year, it was really Friday on my mind, the ABC miniseries about the Easy Beats that landed literally almost after ratings had finished. Such a surprise package. It was just so joyful and so informative to watch. And I think particularly given that we'd had a couple of really ordinary biopics through the year that some people say could have almost killed off the genre, and that would be Hoag's with Josh Lawson in a really unconvincing wig and not a very good performance. So which list is Hogs on for you? <laughs> God, not on the good list. And The House of Bond on Nine, you know, a, a miniseries about Alan Bond simply because The House of Hancock was a success. It was just a bad idea to begin with. It, it, it wasn't that great. I will say, though, that the promo for Delta Goodrum as Olivia Newton-John next year, you know, so much of this comes down to the fact that 
whenever we saw that clip as Josh Lawson recreating Crocodile Dundee, people just went, oh, God, that looks terrible. But that promo of Delta Goodrum dressed up like Sandy in Greece, I mean, it's uncanny. So based on the promo, I predict that uh, Delta as Olivia could could reinvent, bring it back. This is a first. We've got a, somebody's made the list from a promo <laughs> before it even screens. It was like the, the Golden Globes today. They've given a, a, a nomination to an actor, I think Christopher Plummer, and the film hasn't, films only hasn't even been. You're kidding. Properly finished. Yeah, you know he took over from Kevin Spacey. Nobody's even seen the film yet. They're still rushing it to the well, edit exactly. suite. <laughs> Apparently they got a screening of a rough cut. Oh please, the Golden Globes <laughs> have always been a joke, James, and you know that. Oh God. Okay, so look, my other um, look, the, the the shows that I thought really uh, were great this year uh, was Foxtel dramas. I think Wentworth had an incredible year, considering that they killed off B. Smith and lost Danielle McCormack. You know that that could have ended up very badly for them. But, you know, they had um, some moments in the show. In fact, they had the scene of the year. It took place in a dentist chair where the freak did something just, like, so graphic. I don't think I've ever seen anything so outrageous in an Australian drama before. And, you know, I nearly fell off the couch watching it. So well done for Wentworth for keeping it up. And, you know, a place to call home. You know, there I was. I was binging it before I went away. I was a few episodes behind and I was going, oh, this is such a great show. It's, It's really great to see this and then they just did this really silly episode James where you know because Brett Clemo's character is a politician he goes down to Parliament House and there's Sir Robert Men- Menzies and you know Paddy Menzies in Parliament House and you're doing this great thing and then all of a sudden uh, bloody Sarah sees the former Nazi prison guard that tormented her in World War II and she's the wife of the American ambassador and she's going to go over and have a scene right there in Parliament House and I'm just like, you know what? Keep Nazis out of shows. Whenever you've got a Nazi, you're jumping the shark. So apart from that, um, I really uh, enjoyed A Place to Call Home and look, the rest of it, you know, I watched Offspring, I watched all of the wrong girl um I, I, I watched a lot of them I, I just didn't think this was a standout year for Aussie dramas no it wasn't look I've got I think I've got about six I've got a, a fairly lengthy list you know I have trouble uh, whittling it down I've got a lengthy list of about 27 programs I think there's six Aussie shows yep and I'm and uh, Look, I, I don't think that's too much of a comment. Well, I guess it is, isn't it? On you know, watch it. But there's three dramas, um, and there was plenty of Aussie stuff this year. And when I was doing this list, I thought, oh, do I just get seduced easily, more easily by overseas shows than yeah. Australian content? I don't know. But anyway, look, I'd, I'd, I'd support everything you said on the, all those shows. I agree with you there. The Aussie ones, I highlighted. I put Hogs on the list. Yeah, but. For the short part of it that featured um, Sean Keenan, uh, that, well, I agree with as you one hundred percent. Paul Hogan. If it had just, if Sean Keenan could have played the part the whole way, yeah. that show could have been amazing. Yes. It really could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that was just, I just found that really fascinating. That early part of it, but it was it was almost too too little, you know. It was, um, and it would have been amazing to see him 
if they tried to age him. I don't, yeah. I don't know how that would have worked, but he no. might have done okay. He was really great in the he role, was, and it's he? a great story. And I love Paul Hogan, and you know, I've, I've always said that we're not giving Paul Hogan enough credit for the unpaid work he did promoting Australia as an ambassador around the world. He mm. is responsible for possibly hundreds of thousands of people through Crocodile Dundee and his tourism ads coming to Australia as a holiday destination. And here we are turning around with the Australian tax office going after him for millions of dollars that he's supposedly hidden away. That's a terrible thing to do to a man that did so much to Australia. Yeah. You know, and I was, I'm just really sad I didn't love Hoag's more. Yeah, well, there was another travesty last week. Hoag's was a guest presenter at the um, Actor Awards. Which I didn't see because I was overseas. And what yeah. happened? <laughs> it was a pretty awful ordinary oh, spot. It, oh, no. It just didn't go well, and apparently he got cut completely right. from the television. Right. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad he... Oh, I hope he wasn't so, talking about sodomy so, like Russell Crowe. <laughs> so, poor old Hoags. Now, also, I put on the list um, seven types of ambiguity. Right. I really enjoyed that, um, apart from me getting it wrong that... I. <laughs> During the sixth episode, I realised... You well, thought actually, there was going to be a seventh one, didn't you? <laughs> this is going to be the last. Yeah. I was just thinking all the way through that yeah. it was... And look, it had a brilliant cast. Um, Alex Dimitriadis was good in it. He was good. Uh, Andre uh, Dimitriadis, different spelling, no yep. relation. Yep, Um Hugo Weaving was in it. He was good. Anthony Hayes, who I like. Yep. Susie Porter. Oh, she's she's worked so much this I year. Know, it's been fantastic. This is one of those people. Her and Deborah Malman. I think there's got to be a role for them. Yeah. Either one of them in any Aussie drama, and and rightfully so because they they lift it. Um, but I just um, I really like that. I and it's it not great. on my list because I, I lost track of it. Mm. I watched the first two episodes and I no, never saw the end of it, and uh, I just never got around. But I noticed. How how many actors it? Do, well, or do you give, take that as an indication that look? I want to revisit it because it won a whole bunch of actors. Oh, yeah, last, I think it won five. Yeah. You know, and then I went shit. You know, I never <laughs> did finish watching that. But it's hard to go back, isn't it? Because there's always new stuff you want yeah. to see. Yeah, it might still be on iView though. They might have some dramas up there for summer. Yeah, yeah, that'd be, you know, they'd be good if they did. Um, I put um, was. Was China Girl on your list? No, it's not on my list because no. I just thought. Look, I, th I thought it was great, and of course, as predict as I predicted, it won all the categories in the actors. But God, I just thought it, it was far fetched for me. Well, it was. It was really out there. But yeah. at the same time, I'd found that I stayed with it. So did I. I got. I, I must admit. So I, I watched it to I've the end. I put it there because of that. I mean, there were plenty of problems. You know, just um, that. How do you pronounce? Is it David Densick? Uh, the, the, His the, character the of a puss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bizarre. There was just lots of weird things. Yeah. Um, uh, Elizabeth Moss, she was probably the acting highlight, her, and um, oh, who played... Um, Oh, he won an uh, actor now, I forgot his what, name. What, Ewan but, Leslie? Yes, yeah, Ewan yeah, yeah. Leslie. He was great. He, they were the two highlights, I yeah. think. And Nicole Kidman did a good job yeah. too. I think she, she was okay. But uh, What was nice to see Nicole Kidman, she wasn't really the star of it. She was very much a supporting role. And yeah, it's nice right. to see Nicole do TV and be prepared yeah. to not be the star and make herself look a little bit unattractive. I'm really <laughs> loving that about Nicole Kidman now. Yeah. She seems to have lost her vanity. Sure. Uh, and right. it's great. That's good. Um, uh, and the other, Gwendolyn Christie's character, I just didn't get that. Yeah, bizarre. I, really I weird. I just, just thought it was weird. I thought Alice uh, Englert was good yeah. as uh, Mary, the young girl. But then again, I found that 
the whole relationship with her and Puss was just completely... Why would she be attracted? Apart from wanting to rebel a little yeah. bit, but I mean, yeah. to go that far with it, come on, you, yeah. you just give your mum the finger and slam your door, don't That's you? That's right. You don't need to move in with a pimp or something. A pimp with Asian prostitutes <laughs> uh, that he's murdering, I mean, please. And like the Kim Gingell Garrett character too, yeah. that, in the, in the, living in the the brothel there. Yeah, it was, yeah. weird. It was all um, a bit bizarre, but then again, look, I stuck with it, so that's yeah. that's why I've put it on the list. Is that my three? Yeah, that was my three, so I thought then, part well, of Hogue, seven types of ambiguity and shine. And Pulse, because you like Pulse, I did James. like Pulse. Well, there you yeah. go, see, I'll, there's plenty of things. So, yeah, look there, okay, my list's grown to 28. Yeah. I did enjoy Pulse. I thought that was, I think it was... Um, I think um, who was in that? I think Andrew Dimitriadis was in that. Yes, she too. was. So yeah, yeah, yep. No, I, I liked it. it was a, it was a good little cast. It was a good little show. You, you could tell it had they hadn't spent a lot of money on it, but I, yeah. I just thought it worked. You know, yeah. I think it was some office block they use in uh, Brisbane as their hospital. Cause Didn't look like hospital, but they did, they did a good job. When I was overseas, I was watching the Australia Channel and Jack Irish was on, and okay. I was watching that, and, of course, that was last year. But I was reminded, my God, we didn't get a series of Jack Irish this year. We didn't get a series of Rake, which is thankfully coming next year. Well, and it just, you know, year. a couple of those really strong dramas weren't here this year. So, you know, that's why my list is a bit thin. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, let's get into your... Um the, the rest of yours, your internationals. Ah, uh, my internationals. Okay. Well, look, my internationals, God, they just, look, it was just <laughs> such an amazing year. HBO, I thought, had a really great year this year. They had The Juice with uh, James Franco and Maggie Gyllenhaal, Hall, which, did you make it through to the end? Um, no, I've still all? got a few to watch. Oh, you have it, to. It's it came just... at a time when there was so much. Yeah, online. yeah, yeah. It was full on. But, but it's on my list for sure. My God, it was amazing. Um, and I loved uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm coming back. That was great. Big Little Lies, of course. Wow. You know, everyone in that cast was amazing. Yeah, um, it deserved to win the things. The, the, the Handmaid's Tale was extraordinary. Um Twin Peaks, super, super, super weird. Not making a lot of lists, and in fact, the French are putting it on their best movies of the year list. Really? Uh, they don't consider it a TV series. They consider it one long feature film, which is uh, bizarre. But um, hang on just there. If, if So Twin Peaks, I, I never watch one. I never yeah. would. I just... It's too bizarre for me. Yeah. But can you criticise Top of the Lake for being weird and and then go and sit through all of Twin Peaks? And But then I knew Twin Peaks was <laughs> going to be you weird sort of because it's, it's set in a weird town and you know from the very outset it's a weird thing. Top of the Lake is set in Sydney today on Bondi suppose, Beach yeah. and it's this contemporary okay. police murder investigation and then you go, what the? <laughs> Whereas Twin Peaks, you know from the opening scene when you know that this is a, a, a strange town that's a little bit supernatural. It's a right. completely different genre for me. Sure. Okay. Um, also, The Crown, I, you know, I'm just – I can't wait to sit down and watch Series 2 in full on Netflix. I can't wait to do that, and I, and I really want to watch that show, Mindhunter. I'm going to have a big time with oh, Netflix okay. over summer. Mindhunter, yeah. um, look, a little sitcom that I've only just discovered that – I just thought it was hilarious, James. It's called The Mick, 
and it's about a, this trash bag of a, of a woman who ends up having to look after her sister's three spoilt children because the sister and the husband live in this mansion and are being chased by the federal police for embezzlement. So they flee the country and just say, look after our kids. <laughs> and it's outrageous. I watched three episodes on the plane going over and I watched the same three episodes coming back and I've laughed out loud every Where's time. Where's it from? It's an, English it's a, or American? It's an American show, okay. The Mick. Can't okay. highlight it enough. I'd seen the first episode ages ago and thought, that's really good show. Uh, and then I watched episode two and three and thought, wow, Is it's it really M-I-C holding or? up. M-I-C-K. Okay. And I don't know the star of it, but it's a blonde girl. She's from that show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and she is hilarious. Uh-uh. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to find the whole series and binge that. It's really great. But, you know, I'm going to say that one of my – absolute favourite things of the year was Feud, Bette and Joan with Susan Sarandon playing Bette Davis and Jessica Lange playing Joan Crawford. Very much one for the Hollywood purists who understand the history of them. You know, these two Hollywood legends who hated each other's guts and had to work together when their careers were on the way in a movie called Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. But my God, the recreation of it was superb and both of them was so amazing in those roles. I don't know how you could... It, 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 it's almost like, you know, Nicole Kidman got the award for Big Little Lies because no one could decide whether to give it to Susan Sarandon or Jessica Lange. It, it really was something that I can't wait to watch again. I just loved every minute of that. So that's my list. And I know there's a hundred shows that aren't on there that are amazing, yeah. that other people love, but there's no time. I know. I know. All right. Well, that was quick. So it's a good job I've got a longer list. <laughs> yeah. I, I want you to butt in here when, um, um, when, when I go through these. Okay, Vikings. Yeah. Return of Vikings, season five. But I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with the show because it's so violent. Right. And there's just things you cannot watch, you know, that you've just got to turn away. And that, and that first episode of the new season, which just started last week here on SBS, there was part of that I just thought, oh... Should I give this up now? It was just... Too much. Oh, Verging a, on too yeah, much. It was in a church, and they did something like that in the very first episode of the first season. It was just... Oh, and the thing that got me here, there was just a little baby crying in the middle of all this gore and death, and like a real kid sitting there, I just thought, oh, come on, really? Wow, yeah. We get it that it's, you know? Yeah. And it just really made me want to, you know, split and go, look, I can't do it. But Well, you know, too much violence is never enough violence in American TV. <laughs> it's not. It's almost as if you can't get something up these days unless there's a few yeah. a few scenes that are really going to... Gotcha moments, yeah. almost, yeah. And I, get, I guess it works because it it's memorable, people don't forget it, but gee whiz, it's... Yeah. You know, I just... It's, uh, it really does my head in. I mean, that's... But otherwise, it's it's a great show. I mean, it's um, no Travis Travis Fimmel in this season because he's gone. Yep. Um, and um, the real star now is that uh, Catherine Winnick, his um, his first wife, who was um, in the very first season. She's one of the few people who've been there all the way through. And is Jonathan Rice Myers in it? He Has is. he come into yes. it now? Yes, yep, Jonathan Rice Myers. Yes. Yes, he's, um, yep, he's just, I think this is his first season. Yeah, I, f- I feel like he's a new addition. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's been in it I mean, it's before. good to see him doing a show because I know he's really a troubled actor. There's lots of incidents with him and, you know, 
yeah. alcohol and rehab and stuff like that, it's always good to see him back yeah. doing a role and thinking, okay, great, things are back on track for you for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he fits right in here because lots of these characters are troubled <laughs> and um, right. But look, it's just so well done. And I otherwise, I'm you know, I just I love the show. But but just look, watch if you haven't ever got into it, just be prepared for some quite uh, confronting scenes. Uh, the Grand Tour is one of the few sort of non-dramas to make my list. Um, James May, um, Clarkson, and, um, and the other one, I yeah, forget. the other the, one. The, the trio of them. Richard now, Hammond. Richard Hammond. Who's in massive trouble now for all yeah, these Harks, bloody... Clarkson, Hammond and May. Yeah, homophobic statements he's making. It's just like, dude, do you know what year it is? Like, I know. Seriously. Well, that, I think both him and Clarkson have been in lots of oh. trouble over the season of the... Um, yeah. Because they're, they're pretty much untouchable in showbiz. They get whatever they want. Yeah. The people, you know. Um, yeah. The first season was really up and down, though. I mean, some episodes were great. Some were shockers. It was as if Amazon gave them all this money and said, do what you like, with no creative sort of constraints. And subsequently, there some of them were just unwatchable. Wow. But others were really good. Okay. This, I've only, they've only had one season, one episode of the new season So as we record this, and it was just fantastic. It was really like a, the classic days of Top Gear. They just did a really good job. It was funny. Um, s- some of the stuff was great. Some real insights into motoring. A lot of it, nothing to do with motoring, but that's just the way it works, and it it equally appeals to men and women, car yeah. enthusiasts, and people who don't really care about motoring at all. So they've just uh, just done a really good job. And we mentioned um, uh, Richard Hammond. These it's a real showstopper at the end of the season because at the start of the show, Clarkson talks about how in between the first and second season, all three of them have been in hospital for different reasons, and it ends with um, the reason Hammond was in hospital. Oh, that's and it's right. pretty dramatic. He has some sort of accident. Yes. Yeah, doesn't Look, he? That's I don't right. want to give it too much of a spoiler, but right. it's, you really sit bolt upright wow. and, and watch um, what happens at the end of that first episode. So so that's great. Uh, we've talked about Hoag's. The Affair I've stuck with all the way along. Really? So what are you yep. up to, season three? Yeah, season four's coming um, wow, early okay. next year. Look, I, I love that show. Um uh, Brendan Fraser was a um, played a prison guard. Oh. Maybe the second and third seasons, definitely in the third season. He's a real standout, Mister Nasty. And are they still doing it all from different perspectives of all the they characters? They do. That's the one thing I've grappled with at times. You know, I've I've always been, you know, because I'm not a big fan of uh, flashbacks, right. and stuff like that. I just like staying with the narrative and that, and that. Because I get confused easily when things are cutting back and forward. Yeah. They've managed to do it quite well, you know. They don't repeat things. And it's it's been a nice little gimmick. Um, Ruth Wilson, the British actress, is... um, Probably one of the stars of this, Dominic West. Yeah. um, Also an English actor. Ironically, um, for a show set in Southern... um, On the American East Coast, the two stars are English. Yes, they are. Do a great job. Um, Joshua Jackson uh, plays a character called Cole Lockhart. Yeah. He's great in it. But, um, yes, look, it's just really well done. I've I've always enjoyed it, and I'm really looking forward to season four. Uh, Feud, I've got to agree with you there. Um, just, just wonderful. I guess Stanley Tucci. Oh yeah, was I my, forgot uh, about him. Was my special mention. Playing Jack, Jack Warner. Warner. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Well, it's worth it just for that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, let alone the, the wonderful work from Jessica Lang, yeah. Susan Sarandon. I think it's just being shown. Um, I think it might have debuted on um, Sky in the UK. Right. I think they have the. It was HBO, wasn't it? 
Yes, it was. It was no, yes. no, no. It wasn't HBO. No, I think it was Showtime. It's a Ryan no. Murphy show. He doesn't make Showtime, shows for HBO. It would have been on stand. Well, maybe it was FX. Was it? Oh, okay, yes. yeah. Yeah, anyway, so that's, I think, the um, the 21st century yeah. Fox connection. I'm pretty sure it was on Sky. It's only making it free to wear this month in, right. um, in the UK on BBC Two. It's the first time I've ever felt sorry for Joan Crawford because of <laughs> Jessica Lange's performance. After all those years of Mummy Dearest where we, th- yeah. we think of her as a child basher, Jessica Lange actually brought out, actually made you feel sorry for her. That's what was so remarkable yeah, she, about her performance. She becomes quite a tragic yeah. figure, doesn't she? Yeah, so desperate to hold on to yeah, the past. really with and, nothing in her life. Yeah. Financial worries. Yeah. No one to love. No, know. just a maid. She ends up yeah. with that maid. Yeah. Yeah, that's, brilliant. Uh, brilliant. It's a hard love relationship between them two. Uh, Judy Davis has had a hop at wow. Yes, I forgot <laughs> about that. Incredible. Uh, how good yeah. is she? Yeah. Huh? The whole There's, thing. Look, Ryan Murphy, when he gets it right, you know, I always think he goes a bit too overboard with his American horror story. But, you know, I'm... Absolutely hanging out to see him do that uh, Gianni Versace thing, you know, after the people versus OJ Simpson. Now he's doing the the killing of Gianni Versace. It premieres in January and you've got Ricky Martin playing the boyfriend and Penelope Cruz's Donatella. Oh, my God, I love it already. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. It's hard to think the feud, though, didn't take him a decade to sort because every frame, every character was perfect. Yeah. Alfred Molina is um, Robert Aldrich. Yeah. Wow. You know, I was a fan of Robert Aldrich's action movies in the day and um, it was just... Just wonderful stuff. Um, I could go on forever. Catherine yeah, Zeta-Jones. Yep, yep, yep. It took me a while to work out who she was. <laughs> um, Broadchurch, season three. Right, you A lot stuck of people didn't stick with it, but I did. I thought, look, uh, David Tennant and Olivia Coleman. Yeah. I'd watch anything they did, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, and Not isn't Olivia Coleman going to be great when she takes over the playing crown. the Queen All from that. Claire Foy in yeah. The Crown? I mean, that's a... I don't want to get sidetracked, so I'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, for I think some people brought you at season two, disappointed a lot of people. It did. For many, season three was a return to form okay. of the first one. Well, see, I was so disappointed was, by series two, and that's why I didn't go back for series three. I was like, I'm right. over this. Well, no, it's worth it. It's yeah, good. There's, yeah. there's plenty of stuff to like, and as people might remember with long memories, I haven't watched the U.S., Wow, you're a I good was, one. Yeah. I, I was so, so invested in the the whole the whole thing about it. Um, Billions season Billions. two. Wow. Yeah, right. See, I've never watched that. Oh, for Paul me, Giamatti, Damian Lewis. Yeah, look, for me, that was better than um, season one. Wow, it was just brilliant. That well, that almost never happens, does it? Yeah. No, when that's you right. think of how many shows go into this sophomore slump, as they call it in America, yes, you know, because they've they've they've, they've, they've thought about series one, this is it, and then it, it's a success, and they go, shit, what do we do now? Yeah, that's amazing that to hear that. Yeah, no, it was just uh, fantastic, yeah, and just that whole interaction between Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti is just yeah. incredible, as the the hunted and the hunty and the you know the financial sort of drama that uh, surrounds them um, their wives uh, Maggie Siff is uh, Wendy Rhodes married most of the time to Paul Giamatti right. and um, Lara Axelrod playing Lara Axelrod is uh, a, I think she's a Swedish act- actress um, I had to get that Malin Ackerman but she's just brilliant sort of a it's not a huge role in um, season one but it, she really um, gets a little higher profile in season two um Look, there's a lot of cast that just do a great job. Yeah, look, billions. And yeah. they, they closed um, 
a lot of the episodes with some music, and I can't remember what episode it is, but um, ACDC song closes one of the episodes, and it's just fantastic. I, I think the rights must have cost them a fair bit to get that. Yeah, but, wow. Um, Smilf. I've talked about this. And I watched the first episode as you, and yes, I was shocked. <laughs> I couldn't believe some of the things that yeah, woman did and said. I know. Wow. Talk about modern. But it's not in a bad way, is it, though? No, it's not, not. But it's nothing gratuitous. No. Not, you know, but it's just, wow. When you go, <laughs> yeah. did this just happen? It's good. Yeah. I, I love it. It's... And I've seen it on a couple of uh, lists of the top 10, top 20. It's made a couple of the lists. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Frankie Shaw was a sort of. The, the the powerhouse behind it. She stars in it. She uh, writes. She produces. I think she directs as well. It's been commissioned for a second season. Yep. I think it's sh- it's Showtime, isn't it? Showtime. So it I gets think. on Stan here. It's part yep. of the Stan deal. <clears throat> yep. So just fantastic. Rosie O'Donnell plays um her mother. Yeah, she was great. She is great. Yeah, yeah. just fantastic. And Samara Weaving. We talked about the Aussie um former Home and Away star. She plays an Aussie sort of reporter in this, and you're just fantastic. She's just excellent. Yeah. And there's another Aussie, I think, as her friend in it. They have a they share a house together and they just play up the Aussie accents. Something fantastic. I think the, the other girl's actually a New Zealand actress called Kimberly Crossman, and she almost overdoes the Aussie, ac- <laughs> Aussie accent. So I'm all, sorry if it's not Kimberly, but I'm pretty sure it is. Dr. Foster, season two. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Wow. Do it, did you, have you made it through to the end? I have. Yeah. What, yeah. Uh, just so compelling, wasn't it? Yeah, look, just... Um, Saran mag- Jones is just, oh, so superb in that role. I know. She's you're just, just with her all the way, aren't you? You are, but but you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Off and you go, oh, can I watch what she's going to get I up know. to next? You never know when she's going to just lose she, it. And you're really sort of – it's strange, isn't it? Because you don't really think she's crazy, but she sort of is. Yeah. And But you sort of understand how she got there somehow. You do. You're really, really <laughs> with her. Even when she's making the bad decisions, you're I thinking, know. don't do this, don't do this. <laughs> but you completely kind of understand that she's been pushed so to the edge. Mm. And that's why I just – it's – that's why it really gets you engaged, doesn't it? Because yeah. you just really feel and understand and you just go, I, I can't watch what she does now. And the, the fact that you thought so much it was going to be about her and the relationship with the ex-husband, but, you know, that other character that was sitting there in the wings that you thought was a little bit on the periphery turned out to be so incredible central to the end of it. It's just so shocking yeah. how it ends, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, the husband's um, Simon, uh, played by Bertie Carvel. Yeah. And he's pretty good in that. He's I pretty think, good. He's he? a theatre actor. I, I researched okay. him. And went, why, do I, why have I not seen you in yes. stuff before? Yeah, no, know? he's very good in The Sun, Tom, too. Yeah. Tom Taylor plays Tom. Yep. And he, he's very important uh, near yep. the end of the season. And you, you really feel for him, too. What, what both parents have put this oh, poor oh, kid through. You oh. Know, oh, my Lord. Yeah. You know? I watched it in one sitting. Okay. I watched one so we could talk about it, <laughs> and then I sat there and went to watch, just went two to five. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. A um, couple of things on Netflix. Um, I watched the docker on Joan Didion. I called Joan Didion, the US author. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, married to John Gregory Dunn, um, very famous literary couple, made by her nephew, Griffin Dunn. Oh, yes, the, right, the, the actor. actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, partly funded by Kickstarter. So, oh. you know, crowd-funded some of this. Netflix picked it up. Um, look, it's not brilliant, but it's just amazing, the insights you get into her. Yeah. And it just made me want to go and read a lot of her stuff. Um, 
reading's one of the things I don't get a lot of time to do. I try and keep up with TV and I get a stack of books, but <laughs> so I buy the odd one thinking I'll have to do this. So look, the day will come though, Andrew. I will get, yes. get in. So look, that's worth checking out. It's just a it's a one off doco. There's some great docos on Netflix, and again, there's things there I, I wish I had time to I get into. Ozark was one of my real. I call it a find of the year because it had been around a little while by the time I got into it. But gee, I um, and I'm I, seeing that Jason Bateman got a best actor nod in the Golden Globe noms. Right. Okay. Yeah, and so he should. That was just fantastic. Um, it was just just wonderful stuff. So look uh, look out for Ozark. Um, it's a it's a it's a crime thing. It's not a lot of people. But a lot of people I've spoken to watched episode one, didn't keep going with it, but. But I did, and it just it, it really grows on you. Because every time I read a synopsis of it, I thought, I've kind of seen this show before. Yeah. I wanted to watch it because of Laura Linney, but yes. when I don't have time, and, like, seriously, I've seen this concept in other dramas. I don't need to watch that. But I'm glad you've said that because, you yeah, know, no, I, I, I want to spend time yeah. doing some Netflix stuff this summer. Laura Linney's great. And, again, yeah. you really understand the, the two characters, um, Marty and Wendy um, Bird, Jason and Laura, they get themselves into a situation they didn't want to have anything to do with. Yeah. And it's just how they react to that, how the, the stuff they put their kids through. Um, so, yes, yeah, just fascinating stuff. Some of the subplots, I think you'd be intrigued by some of the subplots that happen during the show um, and the reason why and the um, – yeah, and that whole that, – it's always fascinating me with the sort of the normal – sort of the – person who didn't intend to be involved in criminal activity, how they deal with it. Right. And that's um, that's some uh, great stuff that uh, happens here. And The Crown, look, um, I'm I'm working my way through it now, the second season, yeah, just just fantastic. And, yeah, was, we talked about Olivia Coleman and um, who's she replacing? Um, uh, Claire Foy. Claire Foy, yeah. yeah. So just... It's a good reason to watch it because you're going to miss Claire Foy because yeah. she does such a good job. And yeah. She was on the Graham Norton show the other week and she was sort of sad when she spoke about that she wouldn't be back. I think it was before the official announcement was made. Right. And she said, oh, alluded to the fact she wouldn't be doing it again without giving any more detail. Yeah. And you could tell she was sort of a, a, a little bit moved, you know, that, mm. that she wouldn't be there again. And it, it's just great. The... Um, and I've only seen the first couple of episodes, but there's some fantastic stuff early on. Australia gets a bit of a mention, um, a bit of a royal visit yep. early on. Uh, Matt Smith is great. It's great. As, as Prince of, Philip, yeah. Yeah, as the Duke of Edinburgh. He's fantastic. And, and just a great uh, supporting cast, again, who do, do a fantastic job. Um, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, amazing. What a watch, eh? Wow. Um, and, um, and so timely. Yes. Like the, yeah, the, the yeah. timing of it, you know, they, they commissioned that show, you know, who knows when. The book was written back in the mid-'80s by Canadian author Margaret Atwood and, and for it to come on, you know, in this first year of Trump's presidency, I mean, it was just so relevant. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, it's made Margaret Atwood a hot property. Yeah. Sure. And she's, she's got another show now called Alias Grace that's mm. here somewhere to watch. Could it be on Stan or something like that? And I'm seeing that on a lot of the year's best lists. Yeah, yeah. Which is a, which is a uh, Sarah Polly, the Canadian actress slash director, is in it. And it's set back in 
1800 and something about a servant girl that gets accused of a crime and all that, but they're all saying that's fantastic too. Yeah, was it at the Emmys? Did the Handmaid's Tale win? The Handmaid's Tale won Emmys, yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and Margaret Atwood got on stage. She got I up think, on stage. With them, so that was yeah, fantastic, yeah. you know. So it was, um, it was good stuff. It won a bunch of stuff there. And um, uh, among them, Elizabeth Moss, you know. Yeah. So it was, um, it was a pretty a big year, year for her, wasn't Ooh, it? Oh, yeah. She's going to be very hot property. You know, if she wasn't already, of course. Yes. Yeah. Mad Men, of course, she was one of the highlights of that um, over the years. Uh, Broken. Did you ever catch up with Broken? That's the... Um, Who's in it? British drama with um, Sean Bean as our father, Oh, Michael yeah, look, Kerrigan. I watched the first episode <laughs> and I just went, it's too bleak. It was great. I get it. I, You know, I, I, I do like Jimmy McGovern and mm. I do think that he has some really important things to say, you know, but unless... He puts a few, a, a bit of a moment of a laugh in there. That first episode oh, with that know, actress. You think you've it, had a bad day. Right? Oh, who was it? Anna Friel Anna or Friel, something? Yep, oh, yep. and the torture she went through in that first episode with Sean Bean a, as a priest who's also tortured with his sick mother. I was like, I can't do this. I, I just couldn't. Yeah. I get all that, but it, yeah. didn't, it didn't affect me. Yeah. That I, it just made me want to sort of... Get more of those characters. See, I watched all of The Street. Did you watch The Street, Jimmy no. McGovern's things from a few years no. back? And that was bleak. And yeah. I watched every last one of them. And that's why I can't do Broken, because I've, I've done Jimmy McGovern bleak, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I liked Jimmy McGovern when he came out here to Australia and did Renford, Redford Now, and he'd do a bleak episode, but then he'd do an episode with some humour in it. I was like, okay, great. If I can go on that ride up and down, I'm there. Yes. If you're just going to do bleak. And I could tell from the fact that he was a priest in that troubled town, I was like, there ain't going to be a happy episode here, was there? Mm, was no. there ever a happy episode well, you laughed there at? There were things I... There was... <laughs> There was moments in that first episode yeah. that I found um, uplifting. Right, okay. Like, like the, the, the good work that um, Sean Bean's character was doing. Yeah, I mean, that correct. was uplifting. Well, that is a, true. In a very yeah. tough... Yeah. In a very tough neighbourhood yeah. where lots of people do it rough, you know. Yeah. But look, if you... But it'll cheer you up if you ever have a bad day. Oh, go, shit, yeah. Go and put that on and you go, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you go, okay, I've got to yeah, toughen that's up, right. you know. Yeah. Things can get a shit like You've worse. watched Struggle Street and now you need something else. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But um, Anna Friel, wow. Yeah. She was how good was she? Amazing in it. And it's made me um, make sure because I've been recommended to watch out for... Um, uh, I think it's a crime drama called Marcella, which I think is also available on Netflix. Okay. So I'm definitely going to um, dig out that one over the summer. She's also in The Girlfriend Experience. Oh, okay. Which right. I'll get to on my list. And wow, her character on that's pretty amazing. And, and the good thing about seeing a, a character in one show you might know a lot about, or an actor, makes you go and sort them like Saran Jones yeah. is Bailey in Scott and Bailey. Yeah, that's British right. crime that's... drama. And that's made me want to go back and watch all those now. I agree. Because I'll get a lot more of her. Yeah. So it's fantastic. Um, okay, the girlfriend experience. I mentioned this briefly last yeah, time. Yeah, I've never done it. Two. It's on Stan, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. yeah. But this year, there's two storylines. You okay? said that, and you said you're not so keen on one, but the Correct. other one. Since then, though, I've grown. The other wow, one's okay. grown a little bit more on me. Yep. Whether they will cross over, I don't know. Will they stay? I like the idea Surely that they, they will both stay separate. Really? Because yeah, because it's. 
It's something different. I suppose. But maybe they will cross over. Yeah. Maybe I'm not. But surely as an audience, you're waiting for that crossover moment. Yeah, but they're so different. It's, but, yeah, they, sure, they could cross over. Right. And it would be a bit of a big deal and it'd be exciting. Either way, but, but the other one, the, so they're called Eric and Anna, which is the first one, which is a bit of a, um, it's about a hooker. She has a lesbian relationship with um, with um, Anna Friel's character. I can't right. remember the girl who plays a hooker, but gee, she's good. Well, I think Anna Friel's is did the first ever lesbian kiss on British TV in Brookside. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think you know. Right. I think she's yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, it's just amazing. There's um, political sort of intrigue about blackmail and stuff like that. The hooker uses her her access to sort of from political characters to film them in compromising positions and there's yep. sort of blackmail involved. So it's fascinating. The other ser- the other um, storyline is called Bria. It's about a um, relocating in um, a... a, a um, what do you call them in a court case? The uh, witness. Oh, yeah. Witness protection. Somebody goes oh, yeah. into witness protection. Yep. So it's, it's pretty interesting and it's growing on me, that sort of song. Maybe Could you watch season two without watching season one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you do get a feel because it's very stark. It's yep. very. Um, there was a. Was there a movie, The Girlfriend Experience? Don't know. I should have researched this a bit better, but, but it's, look, it's worth seeing. But I'd probably. I think they're all on stand. Yeah. So you can watch that first one. It's there's a sort of style of um, film which would be good to experience. Uh, Stranger Things too. You did you mention that? Yeah. No. I you, see. I haven't done Stranger yeah, that's Things. Right. You no done time. It. Okay. Okay. But yeah. Look, I'd. Um, Gee, people are loving it though. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's, it's really good. People really love that show. Yeah, yeah. Again, I did question it at times. I might have mentioned before, but it sort of all comes together in that final episode. Is there a standalone episode in season two with Winona Ryder's character going off to a shopping mall, and it's sort of like? Uh, I thought I read something the other day, and someone said, "Well, you, you just got to go with it. Winona Ryder can do no wrong." Yeah, yeah, there's a few things you've got to let go and don't question too right. closely. But I can't remember the specific that that might have been referring to. Um, but, but it's sort of good. It's done get I, I don't know how much I'm going to be up for season three, though. I'm just... But, no, look, it's good. Uh, Gogglebox. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mentioned a couple of Aussie shows that are on my list. Gogglebox, very watchable. Um, oh, I could, I, I could pretty much tell you that a lot of weeks Gogglebox was the highlight of my week. Yeah, yeah we've always talked about before yeah. how we'd like to see it on more often. Yeah. Um, just some... And they're quite insightful too. A lot of the comments really it's not insightful. just a sort of a light light relief. No, As these people actually watch this stuff, yeah. and have interesting things. And I go, oh yeah, I mean, something I hadn't thought about, or something, or yeah. you know, might might make me want to go back and give yeah. something a second chance. And it can be incredibly touching at times too. Yes, oh, absolutely. Those little personal moments between mm. them. Yeah. I noticed that. Uh, French and Saunders are reuniting to do a Christmas special on the BBC and they're going to do Two Old Ladies on Gogglebox, which is going to be hilarious. That'll be be fantastic. Yeah. But they don't overdo it too. I mean, there'd be a temptation to fake it up a bit. Yeah. They sort of avoid that, I think, on Gogglebox, you know. It's almost like they edit around anything that's too fake. Yes. You know? Because, yeah, the temptation must be there to sort of, you know, sugarcoat a few things or... I mean, they do make sure they cover most of Ten and Foxtel's productions, but hey, yeah, why not? You know, yeah, they're, they're putting it up. Uh, the Aussie, other Aussie things are MasterChef Australia. Look, it's looks around a decade. This has been around now, and 
I probably, I might have ever mentioned it on this list, I don't know. But look, it's worth it. It's won its third actor. Yeah. Um, it always gets the award for best reality. Yeah. And I think it's the sh- the reality show a lot of actor voters, voters would stick with who mightn't watch any other reality yeah. TV. Yeah. Because there's some real substance there. It's Correct. Not, it's not always just a cheap and nasty laugh. Nah. Characters you just want to forget about. Well, well, they're not casting people for drama the way they no. do with My Kitchen Rules, you know. Yeah. They're, they're finding... They're looking for actual chefs. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, look, um, they do a good job. Oh, and love it all listed. Um, look, a really simple show, easy to understand. Yeah. They um, get a couple of people in. Is this Neil Whittaker and Andrew... Correct, Winter. Winter, right. Yeah, absolutely. So two of the biggest stars on Aussie TV. Yep. Selling Houses Australia has been around for a decade with Andrew yep. Winter. Yep. It's won multiple... Um, what, were, what were the sub-TV awards uh, called? Uh, the Astras. Astras over yeah. the years. It's won lots of awards. I think it's won a low-key. It, it might, might have, have it's, yeah. It's certainly been nominated, I think. Yeah. Neil Whittaker, of course. Yeah. Uh, staple on the block. Yeah. So they've put these two together and, look, the audiences have followed... The idea is they find a couple who are debating whether to renovate or move. Yeah. Most Clever. of the houses are in Brisbane on this season. They go interstate a few times, but a lot of the properties are in Brisbane. And then they, they so they renovate the house, plus they find alternatives. And the cliffhanger is the people admit at the end, will they love it or will they listen? Okay. And look, it's simple, but it's just nice, easy viewing. Yeah. And it's... Um, it's uh, done very well for them. Look, my last few things, Godless, the um, oh yeah, the Western. Did, now, whoa, hey? how's that? Yeah, how good I mean, that? it blew my socks <laughs> off. I had no idea that because I, 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 the, the word Western just makes me go yawn. Yeah. And yet it's funny, you know, when I talk to some of the blokes in my small town, say, why don't you go to the movies? They go, oh, why don't you put on a John Wayne Western? And I just think, because <laughs> uh, he's dead. Um, but then... I watched God, and you know it's not my genre at all. But that first episode of Godless was just incredible. Yeah, look, it's fantastic stuff. Wow, um, and look, a great cast too. Yeah, uh, Michelle Dockery. You know, bit of a surprise role for her. But God, she's, she's of, diverse, isn't she, she? She? She's chosen some weird stuff, she, hasn't she? Yeah, since, um, Downton Abbey. Yeah. Hmm. But, uh, very to go good. from Lady Mary to, you know, holding that rifle out on the range, wow. Yeah, yeah. but I suppose the well, he doesn't steal it because he's almost the key character, Jeff Daniels, I guess, as, yeah. the, um, as a sort of master crook, yeah. uh, Frank Griffin. And but it's a also, different role for him. But it? also Merritt Weaver as the sort of the unofficial leader of that town because, you know, the concept is it's a... And apparently this is from... This is this was true. A lot Some Western towns, particularly a town where there was a huge accident with the men underground or mining yep. you end up with these towns full of women yes. and you've got Merritt Weaver sort of saying you know we're, we're, we're okay here we don't need you blokes to come into town and tell us what to do Yeah, you know was it Nurse Jackie? Merritt she was in Weaver Nurse Jackie in, yeah. and she was amazing okay. in Nurse Jackie and she was in The Walking Dead Albeit oh, okay. very briefly right. too, right? Um, but yeah, she in Nurse Jackie, and I just I remember once she gave an Emmy speech, and she was so gorgeous. Um, yeah, she's a great actress. Yeah, Roy Good is sort of a principal. Character. I don't know much yeah. about him as Jack O'Connell. Jack O'Connell made that film. Oh, sorry, Jack O'Connell. Yeah, Roy, Jack O'Connell made Roy that film Good. that Angelina Jolie directed, Unbroken, the World oh, okay. War Two hero. Yes, you know. Yes, and again, a bit of a you know change of pace for him. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, that's just about my list. A couple of House of Cards I stuck with. Yeah. Um, season five. And, of course, House of Cards is going to be able to continue without Kevin Spacey and I say not miss a beat. 
I reckon I Robin Wright is more than capable. Some people like saying, oh, gee, can the show survive without Kevin Spacey? Please, did you not tell me that it ended with her character looking at the camera saying, now it's my turn? Correct. Well, it's her turn. I know, and, and it's as if she could see into the future. Oh, isn't how spooky is that? Robin Wright is like one of the greatest actresses, and, you know, I might actually, I don't like shows about American politics, but I might actually watch it now. And I've, you know what? I've never been a fan of Kevin Spacey's. Right. I've never liked him. Um, and I might actually watch House of Cards now. Tell me this. When, when it's revealed he's a bit of a I don't know, monster, grub, whatever you want to say it, do we discount their, 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 their work? Oh, look, that's a really, really hard question because uh, I, I never liked the guy. I mean, it makes you less so want to watch it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I mean, there's still, you know, look at how some... Yeah, I mean, there's still all this debate going on about Woody Allen. You know, why is Woody Allen still allowed to make films? You know, some people get unchecked. It certainly changes things, I reckon. I would hate it. Like, ask me that question when one of my idols. It happens to one of my idols, you know. It will be be really hard. Mm. Uh, The Durrells was something at two seasons. Yeah. It's just sweet. Something lovely about it. Yeah. 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 It's nice. And again, I like the literary overtones. Uh, Gerald and Lawrence, the yeah. two kids that went on to have amazing careers as um, as writers. Um, it's just, it's good. The second season, I think, premiered on 7-2. It did, yeah. Um, so, but it was, yeah, it was just good. It was, um, I, I stuck with it. I think that's about it. Look, yeah, you've reminded me of Pulse. Uh, you reminded me of Mindhunter as well, something yep. I've forgotten about. Yep. I can't I only wait watched to watch it that. recently. I love David Fincher. But um, it's just so much. And I've thought of a couple of others too. I've thought about uh, War on Waste. Oh, you yes. know, what a great, uh, yep, sure. important TV Craig show. Castle. Reminds you that, you know, TV can be good, can do something good. It's not just about entertainment, you know. And, you know, that, that, there was such a huge response to that show. And he did that catch-up special, you know, and went back. And, you know, I just love the fact that little kids at school went, well, let's make our school waste-free. And, you know, because it's all about the younger generation getting on board with this. You know, they're the future. Sure. Um, I, I thought that was great. And, you know, just the fact that, you know, uh, American Ninja Warrior, Australian Ninja Warrior came out of nowhere was so bloody good and so joyful to watch. And, you know, little big shots and true stories, just, you know, just such lovely, good family shows. Mm. You could sit down with the whole family and their figures indicated that you could do it. And, you know, how amazing that we ended the year with a show like The Good Doctor getting such oh, good doctor. mind-blowing, <laughs> phenomenal rating. When you, we've talked for so long here about that American drama is dead, network broadcast American drama, and here's a show that Seven was screening twice a week. It should it's have been on over my a million list. viewers. Yeah, I forgot, yep. No, Amazing. That, that's on my list for sure. Amazing. Yep, yep. Very and look, good. I also want to just say really quickly, you know, we had such a, you know, the, the raw, raw, uh, Real Housewives of Sydney, you know, some of the participants on the show really ruined the show as Brian Walsh talk, said, you know, they appeared to have their own agenda. <laughs> and I've got to say, when I've, I've been watching The Real Housewives of Melbourne and it actually is such a class act in comparison and that show is actually, it's actually really fun to watch. And uh, they've gotten rid of some of their 
characters, unpopular characters, and the people they brought in are just they just slip right in, and it's you know yeah, I'm that, really actually starting yeah, to love that did, show. A bit. I think did the latest Melbourne just launch this week? It did. Yeah. I think maybe it started on TV yeah, last I week. I saw the first one. There's a lot of internal discussion though about. The, the characters, and I just thought... Mm. But that's what the show's about. I guess. Um, I know, but Sydney was criticised, and I didn't mind Sydney too much. Well, look, I just thought that... I mean, it's for me, and look, I'm not a big watcher of this. Yeah, show, yeah, so and I'm not either. As a measure, but... But, but it was disappointing for me, and I think I, I just think it was... Uh, I, I just think it's a shame, you know, like, like it didn't sell overseas, did it? That's you know, they have trouble sell- – I, yeah. I don't think they've sold it to the US. I mean, I actually wondered if there was the, – the fact that Brian Walsh came out in the press and publicly criticised some of the people on that show. Yeah, that, Melbourne's that, been sold, though. Melbourne's been yeah. sold and d- yeah. does really well all over the world, and yes. Sydney hasn't. You because the nastiness was just it, – it, they just went over close. the top with the nastiness. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, disappointing. Yeah, my little big shots. I couldn't watch it. Well, I couldn't watch it either. But I was glad it worked. <laughs> but James. yeah, it's nice. That it's nice to think that it worked. Yeah, I loved that's, that it worked. Yeah, and that that big um, that big crowds um, still go to TV. Yeah. yeah. All right, Andrew. Look, that sort of wraps up the year. You're back to your. Um, North Coast Cinema. Can I just say one thing before I go? I just want to really say that, you know, that um, awful news that Angela Bishop's husband Mm. had died and that she had kept working and been so professional and not let on a word about it. And, you know, I found it so touching that, you know, the girls on Studio 10, when they announced it, had trouble holding it together. And Sandra Sully on the news signing off on the 10 News at 5, almost breaking down in tears again, mm. sending her love. It just it just goes to show you that, you know, even though we have some tough moments in TV and some nasty song, it was just really nice to see that there was such love and support for her during such a terrible time in her life. Yeah. I thought that was re- that really, really touched me. Yeah, look, her husband, Peter, um, we've been lucky enough to have Angela on a couple of... Um, Media Week podcasts over the years. She's just one of the nicest people I ever meet. Yeah, in the business and so professional and so knowledgeable. Yes, absolutely. Look, you're off to a summer season at your uh, cinema reopening with Star Wars. Star Wars Thursday. Okay, okay, and then I'm seven days a week, fifteen hours a day. Well, well, let's hope the uh, let's hope there's not much buzz about this Star Wars. But uh, look, I'm not the person that'd be affected. Well, by the, the first buzz. reviews let's are, hope are in. The and reviews and are good, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's hope it's it long does. mode, two hours thirty minutes. Is it? You don't want well, long movies when you run well, you a cinema. Yeah, you want to back up the sessions. Yeah, you want you? <laughs> you want ninety minute movies, not one hundred and fifty minutes. That means what every two and a half hours. Well, yeah, it just means that you're there at freaking midnight by the time you ma- ma- re- do the yeah. terms of how many times a day to screen it. Yeah. Plus all the ads, because of course you'll get this list of ads from Valmore. Everyone will want to advertise with it, mm. so there'll be a massive ad uh, thing beforehand. So yeah. Anyway, look, well, it'll be the biggest movie of the year. Let's yeah. hope. Well, good luck with it. Thanks, James. All right. Look, great uh, working with you this year. We'll be back and we'll do it all again in 2018. Thank you so much. See you, Andrew.